Good everyone. We just um, entered the month of El, a month of Hashem's mercy and kindness, and a month that we're able to uh, really upgrade our game spiritually. Um, the main focus of the month of El, as Rebbe said, is the acronym of the words, Roshiru Hashem Ayimulemer, I sing to Hashem. Uh, that verse was written about the uh, Exodus from Egypt, and Hashem, and we said in, at, the, at the Exodus, we sang a song to Hashem, and that verse is also referring to the song we will sing when Mashiach will come. We're going to sing a song to Hashem as well, Mashiach will come. But so to the month of El, the time when Hashem not only allows us, opens the door for us to upgrade our Torah and our prayer and our kindness, but more, in the month of El, Hashem gives us the ability to um, to uh, to, um, to to reveal our deepest self, to reveal who we really are. That's the meaning of the um, redemption. Redemption is to bring out who you really are. So on that note, I'm going to share with you a story, which is what's so fascinating about this story is that it's a true story. It's a contemporary story. Rabbi C. Jacobs, he visited our synagogue more than once. He writes a story in his book. And it's, it's a true story that happened to him. And it, for me, this story highlights the idea of personal redemption. The story was in the month of Elul, in Tavshim Memtes, in 1988. He um, was in living in New Jersey at the time. I remember, um, I don't know where he lives today, but that, that, I remember at one point he was living in Marstown, New Jersey. And um, he had gone to a bris, he had gone to celebrate someone's baby. And on the way back, he passes by his bank, he wants to make a deposit. He goes to the bank, and he forgets the check he wanted to deposit in the car. So he comes back to his car, and as he's opening the car and taking out the check, he's surrounded by three guys. These guys look very ominous. Each of them looks worse than the other. Um, there was a guy on his right who had this scowl on his face, very scary. A guy on his left looked a little, looked a little scared himself, a little more friendlier. And a guy in the middle, huge guy, full of tattoos. They all had ripped jeans. They all, one of them was holding a bottle of, of whiskey. They all had alcohol in their breath. And the big guy, full of tattoos, says to him, do you have money? It obviously wasn't a request for a donation. It was a threat. I need your money. So Rabbi Jacobs, instead of reacting like any human being would, would react, or besides his human reaction, which was totally frightened about encountering these three men, um, he started to think about what he learned in yeshiva, about divine providence. Whoever you are, God is with you. Everything happens, it happens for a purpose. And as he's thinking about this, he, uh, he turns to the larger man, the tallest of them all, and he says to him, are you Jewish? And the guy says, yes, my name is Shmuel Yankel ben Moshe. Shmuel Yankel ben Moshe, do you have a bar mitzvah? 
destroy it every mitzvah. And he starts singing the Haftorah of his Bar Mitzvah. So, as Rabbi Jacobs puts the check back in the car and locks the car, he says, I have a few dollars for you guys, but um, if you're Jewish, why do you just want a few dollars when you could ask for millions? Well, he says, what do you mean? He says, right now it's the month of El, it's the month of Rosh Hashanah, and once the new year begins, it says God's like a king in a palace when he judges the world. And when God judges the world, you have to be deserving of blessing. However, in the month before Shoshana, it says that God is like a king in the field. When the king is in the field, he greets everyone with a beautiful face, he shows everyone a smiling face, just like a king who wants to see his subjects, and he wants to connect with them, so too Hashem shows us this, his mercy and his kindness, and so therefore we're able to ask God for anything that we want, so why would you ask for a few dollars when you could ask for millions, you're a Jew? And without, he saw that his words were actually touching this guy's heart, he was really listening to him. And as he asked the question, he pulls out a pair of film from his trunk. And he said to him, I'd like to put on the film, but not would you like to put on the film, but he actually put on the film on this guy. And the guy says the bracha, and he says the shema, and he starts crying. He starts crying. And then he turns to the other guy. He says, hey, I, what, the, the second guy, he says, Are you, what's your name? My name is Michelle. I'm not Jewish. I, uh, my mother, she was Jewish once, but she converted to Catholicism, and so I was born as a Catholic. So Rabbi Jacob says, no, that's not how it works. If your mother is Jewish, then you are Jewish, and you can't stop being Jewish. Once you're Jewish, you're Jewish forever. So he, um, he listened, and he says, you should also put on tefillin. He puts on tefillin with him, and as best as he could, he repeats the words, says his prayer, and uh, after he puts on tefillin with the second guy, he turns to them and he says, um, wishes them a good year, sweet year. And he says, I brought um, some honey cake from a celebration I was just at. Let's celebrate together. Have some honey cake with me. And he gives them the honey cake. He says a bracha with them. They have the honey cake. And then he says, oh, by, by the way, you guys want the dollars? And then Shmuel Yankel Bamesha says, it's all right. It's all right. We don't need it. And he turns and he says, let's go, guys. And they go. So what's fascinating to me about the story is that this guy is actually carrying out the words of the time in real life, in real time, when he is under the gun of three people, literally, yet he turns around and he's like, oh, there must be a reason. And Hashem helped him to actually be aligned with the divine purpose of why he was there and help these people connect with their, with their souls. It's um, just, just mind-boggling to, uh, to think about the power of a Jew, whatever circumstance we're in, we're able to have this freedom, this redemption, and to be in touch with our deepest self. This is something that we're especially empowered to uh, do by being connected to tzaddikim. This week's Torah portion talks about Hashem's promise there will always be prophets amongst the Jewish people. As the Talmud says, Ein dor there's no generation that does not have someone like Moses. But I wanted to actually share a story not about the prophecy of a tzaddik, but more about the wisdom of a tzaddik. There's a concept called emunas chacham, of faith in wise people. It's not only that we believe that Hashem endows righteous people with prophecy, but He also endows, endows the sages of Israel with wisdom. And perhaps, as the Talmud says, 
their wisdom is guided by their divine inspiration, true, but it's not only that they um, have a divine gift to tell us the words of God, but as Rebbe spoke, uh, it's actually um, 32 years ago, today, the last time Rebbe spoke in this Shabbos, Rebbe spoke about how a tzaddik not only serves as a judge, or someone who gives, has authority and tells you the words of Hashem, but also as an advisor. Someone understands you, can give you advice in a way that you feel that it's good for you, not just as an instruction from Hashem, but, but something that you could feel, that understands you and gives you something you could appreciate in your own life. On that note, I want to share with you a story of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe's father-in-law, his name was Abu Leib Segal. He was very, very wealthy. He was um, entrusted by the nobility with the, uh, the rights to sell alcohol. He had the license, and because of this, he was very, very wealthy. And he was very in touch with the who's who of the uh, nobility in Lithuania and Poland. And at that time, there were no real established um, uh, colleges, universities, um, but the, um, the Polish princes, they had um, what they called academies. Uh, for example, there was a Prince Razvil, who he had an academy near Vilna, special for princes, special for the, in, the elite. There was a Prince Shaftinsky. He, was, he was, had, a, had an academy in Vitebsk. And there was another prince named Vekret, and he had a a um, a academy f- f- in Dubrovna, and because the uh, Polish people at the time were very Ill- illiterate, there, there were no academies that they didn't have their own universities of their own. But the 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 princes did, and the princes imported French professors to these academies, so they should teach the uh, royal family and their friends, the uh, the nobility um, in the in these universities. So at that time, the um, in in the in the uh, academy of of this uh, Prince Shaftinsky near near Vitebsk, he had next to the, the university he had like a palace, and in this palace he had a sundial, and there was a strange thing with the sundial. The sundial worked, but it stopped working every day between 2 and 5 p.m. And because the Alter Rebbe had become famous for his knowledge, not only in, in Torah, but knowledge in, in worldly matters as well, um, the uh, father-in-law of the Alter Rebbe, Yudhlib Segal, said to um, the uh, a prince that perhaps it would be a good idea to invite his son-in-law to the, uh, to the university to check it out. So he invited him. The Alter at first didn't want to come. Don't connect to the, those who are evil. And besides the fact that the Alter was totally dedicated to his Torah study, but why would he want to go and to get involved? But he made various conditions. He'll come, only come one time, and I can't, I can't come whenever there's a question. But he agreed to come and to check out the Sunday. Alter comes there, and the Alter says this. It says in Tractate Psachim, on page 94a, that at midday, the sun is at the head of every person. The sun is above the heads of people at midday, but then the sun uh, moves 
to the west and, and descends. And so the Alter Rebbe says that uh, about 12 or 15 vyars, vyars is a, a Russian word for uh, distance, I don't know if it's a kilometer or something else, but 12, 15 vyars from here into the south, there is likely um, a mountain that has trees growing on a mountain. And the reason for the last two years, the, um, the sundial isn't working between two and five is because, hey, Shavuotov, Michael, the reason why the sundial isn't working between two and five on, um, is because the trees in the mountain in the south have probably grown. And because they've grown, so they're obscuring the sun at this time. But when the sun then descends, so then the, through the side, the sun is, then does reach the sun. Now the dial has the, the works after five. But in two and five, it's in a certain position where it's being obscured by these trees that have probably grown within the last two years and therefore doesn't work in that, that, at that time. So in this, um, in this uh, university, there was an anti-Semitic French professor and he was not impressed at all with the Alter Rebbe's assessment. Um, this professor's name was Marseille, and he says he says this this remark. He says, "Oh, the Jews know everything from the Talmud, don't they?" Zelig the doctor, he knows how to heal people from the Talmud, and Baruch the farmer, he knows how to make things grow better from the Talmud, and Zangvil the storekeeper, he knows how to um, cheat the unsuspecting, honest Polish peasants. Because of the Talmud. Altebbe heard this, and in general, the Altebbe, not just Altebbe, but the Baal Shem Tev, were, were very um, big proponents for Jews working with their hands in, in farmland. The Altebbe actually, because of his wealthy father-in-law, was given a, a dowry as customary in those days. A father-in-law would give his son-in-law a, lot, a, lot, a large amount of money. And the Altebbe used all the money to buy an area of land and to buy um, farm equipment, so that Jews should be able to be supported uh, by working on the farm. The Alt Rebbe actually was given a title, the Mitla Rebbe was given, were given a title by the Russian government, by the Tsar's government, of Nichvid um, Leresov. This person, this citizen, should be honored for generations because of what they achieved on, from a, an on a economic level for the thousands of peasants, Jewish peasants who had worked on their on the areas that they had um, developed to help people um, to work work in, um, in in farmland, there was um, and th this this sentiment that this professor said about Jews cheating was was only one of the reasons why it was wise for Jews to get into different businesses. But um, the, the this professor made this remark, and the Rebbe Segal was very nervous about this remark. He, he was bothered by it. And he told his non-Jewish friends what the professor had said, and he asked them for advice. And they said, what we should do is, we should, just, we should check this out. We should check it out and see what happens, see, see if it's indeed true, if 12 to 15 years away from here, is there indeed a tree that has grown in the last two years? And let's check that out. And so without um, telling anyone, including Rabbi Segal, they themselves went and they hired people to go to, to travel and they indeed found that there were trees like the Alter Rebbe had said. And the trees were cut down on top of this mountain. And shortly afterwards, 
the um, head of the um, the uh, um, academy tells the 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 Paritz uh, Shaftinsky tells the uh, Prince Shaftinsky that the Sundial is working again, and the word got out, and everyone's very excited, and so then the um, friends of Rabbi Segel announced to the Paritz, "We'll tell you why it works." We send people, and they brought, and they give testimony that this, this is the reason it works because of the we followed out the Rebbe's opinion, and we cut down the trees, and that's why the sundial works. So this really made a huge impression, a, a huge kiddush Hashem, sanctification of God's name in the whole region. Everyone's talking about the incredible genius of the Alter Rebbe, and the words of this um, of the Alter Rebbe's um, fame reached the. Um, Professor Dallanger, probably mispronouncing his words, but this his name. But this Professor Dallanger, he was the dean of the academy, and he really he wasn't into math into mathematics. Sorry, he was he was into yeah he wasn't into mathematics. He was into biology, but uh, he um, had studied mathematics when he was younger, and he was a very famous professor. And he had always um, uh, wondered about a riddle, a mathematical riddle that he had heard when he was a young student in the Sorbonne. And he wanted to, um, to ask Rabbi Segel's son-in-law, the Alter Rebbe, if he could perhaps um, give, um, give advice about this, uh, this mathematical riddle. What, was Alter Rebbe, what would the Alter Rebbe say about this riddle? So when Professor Dallanger visited the um, the city of Avitibs can came to see the Alter Rebbe. The mayor came, the um, the anti-Semitic professor I mentioned before, Marseilles, He came, and this professor Dallanger, he had already presented this mathematical question to Professor Marseilles, and he didn't know the answer. And now he wanted to present this question to the Alter Rebbe. Professor uh, Marseilles was very insulted. And he said to him, listen, you're, you're, you're making a joke out of me. You're insulting me. Here, you know that I am a, this is my field. I'm a mathematician. You know that I'm good at this. And I, you think this Jew is going to answer your question? He's going to answer your question from the Talmud? Professor Langer ignored him. And he asked um, Rabbi Segal if he could please ask the Alter Rebbe for a time when he would be able to visit the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe responded that in honor of this um, elderly man, he is not going to ask him to visit him. Instead, the Alter Rebbe will go and visit Professor Dallanger himself. He doesn't have to go down to the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe will go to him. In general, the Talmud says that you're supposed to show honor to every person, especially the elderly. All kinds of, uh, any, any person who's elderly, how much more so um, this professor. So the Alter Rebbe visited the professor and the professor, Alter Rebbe spoke um, Polish and French, and this mathematical problem was written in French, and the professor was explained to Al-Tareb in Polish the meaning of this question. Al-Tareb said he, he, he took the, the question, Al-Tareb um, examined it carefully, at the end of three days, the Al-Tareb, um, um, he um, wrote down in Hebrew the explanation of this question. And there was a man who worked in the estate of the Alter Rebbe's father-in-law, whose name was Moshe Mendel, who he was from France, and he was able to um, translate this um, this uh, without the written 
into French. I don't know why Altabas chose to write in Lashon Kodesh, but also in the story I mentioned before with the sundial, the Alter Rebbe didn't want to speak in Polish. He only wanted to speak in Yiddish, and his father-in-law had to translate Alter Rebbe's words about the sundial to the uh, Prince Shatinsky uh, into into Polish. Because Alter Rebbe didn't want to speak Polish, he wanted to speak in Yiddish, and here Alter Rebbe answered this this mathematical question in Lashon Kodesh in Hebrew. So. The uh, professor Delanger is amazed. He's amazed by the Alter Rebbe's answer. I mean, it's, some, it's a question he wondered about his whole life, and always want, you know, this wasn't his field. He always was curious to hear the answer, and this really um, caused Alter Rebbe's fame to reach new new proportions. And despite all this, interestingly, well, unfortunately, when the Alter Rebbe um, started to share the teachings of Hasidus. He was uh, basically um, taken off of the um, support of his father-in-law. His father was supporting him before, but he completely took away all support because people. He was t- instead he wanted his daughter Rabbi Sinshanusara to get divorced in the Alter Rebbe because he felt that that the Alter was acting in a crazy way. He was following the teachings of Al Shamta, the teachings of Zishamag, and He thought that was insane. And he himself was a very respected person. So he and his family put a lot of pressure on the Alter Rebbe to give his wife a divorce, but she didn't want a divorce. And it, it was so difficult, just to give you an idea, the Alter Rebbe didn't even have candles. He had to like, learn Torah from the moon. The Alter Rebbe didn't have food. The Alter Rebbe really was, was suffering, but despite the hardship and the poverty, the Alter Rebbe did not um, change one iota of what he was doing. That Purim, the Alter Rebbe said a very interesting teaching, which was perhaps in single word discussing. The Alter Rebbe said, on Purim, the Talmud says, you have to drink Ad Lo Yoda until you are beyond beyond um, knowledge, beyond beyond your knowledge, beyond your rationale. To drink on Purim and celebrate un, in an unlimited way. So the Alter Rebbe said, until you um, you have to know. The, the loy yoda, that which is nuloi, loy means in Hebrew not, loy means a negative. You have to know the negative. You have to understand the negative. You have to understand the tricks of the animal soul. Yes, with an absolutely objective intellectual um, analysis, you can come to, to, to a clarity. But however, the animal soul does lots of tricks. And, and as we look at the Torah portion, people can be bribed. To um, to uh, say things which are opposite of Torah, and so to on a personal level, not just if you're a judge, be right, but also on a personal level, we are affected a lot by things that we want, and we don't see things accurately. So the Alter Rebbe said, you have to celebrate and put yada. You have to know about the negative. You have to know the good, know the, what's what's good. You also have to know about the negative to understand what inside of you is pulling you away from where you need to be. Anyways, that's what I wanted to share tonight. The bottom line is that Hashem blessed us with our Rebbe, who is both a, not only a prophet, not only a judge, but also a yoyetz, also someone who who's, gives words of Torah in a way that, like an advisor, you feel how it's beneficial for you. As in the story of the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe was able to explain not just prophecy from the Torah, prophecy about the future, but actually explain mathematics and science in a way that was understood in the eyes of these Gentiles, and so too, um, you learn the teachings of the Rebbe, it doesn't just make sense to your neshama, 
makes sense to your humanness. And this is something that Hashem especially gave our generation before the coming Mashiach to make the Torah and Mitzvahs part of our persona as we prepare for the coming Mashiach when we'll feel how uh, we'll feel at home with our Jewishness in a way that we can't even imagine. We'll feel at home, at home with our neshama in a way that's, that just we'll feel at home in Jerusalem, physically we'll move to Jerusalem, built on a personal level, we'll feel at home with our deepest self. This is who we are. May this happen. Take care, mamish. Agutavach, and afrelechavach, and achsilus and mateus and